and welcome to the Esquire podcast, a space to inspire women to build their brand and business without leaving their faith behind. And I'm your host, Janet Oyadele. You'll be hearing candid conversations with founders, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals on navigating faith and life as an entrepreneur. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged as you listen. This is the Ascribe Podcast. Okay, everyone. So welcome back to the Ascribe Podcast. So today's guest is a creative entrepreneur who has a first-class honours degree in industrial product design and has lectured for a number of years and won her own design business for over 14 years. She's the founder of Christian Creative Network and the Christian Creative Directory. Today, we're joined by Josie Gamble. Welcome to the show, Josie. Hi. Hello, Janet. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, very excited to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. It's so great to have you on. And um, yeah, it'll be great to really hear and dig into your journey into starting the network and the directory, but also your journey as a creative entrepreneur. So I'm so glad that you've been able to join us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be able to share my journey and any pearls of wisdom I may have gleaned along the way. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. So I thought we'll just touch straight into it um, and yeah, really start by hearing about your career journey and where it really took off um, and how it's unfolded up until this point now. Well, um, I'm I'm a creative. Uh, I've always have been, always known it's my passion. Um, you know, even at school, I'd take the creative subjects. I did um, an art foundation course before I went to university. Uh, my degree was industrial product design, which is uh, also can be called woods, metals and plastics. So I'm in the workshops making and uh, making models Um I, you get to choose when you're on the degree which route you go. You can go kind of craft-based or you can go more industrial-based. I chose the industrial route because I just love the computers. I, I kind of specialised then in kind of three-dimensional modelling um, on the computers um, as well as kind of working in workshops and making stuff. And I just loved it. I loved all things creative. You couldn't get me out of the studios. Um, graduated with a first-class honours, then went on to lecture in industrial product design and interior design at the University of Wolverhampton. I did that for seven years, um, sort of three days a week. And then the, the other two days a week, I actually worked for my church as the youth and student pastor. Um, ended up doing all the kind of internal comms and graphics as well, just because that was my skill set. Um, but both those those roles came to an end at exactly the same time as I was pregnant with my first child. Um, so I... I'd always said when I started a family, I, I wanted to work from home. So so I launched my business, Gamble Designs, or I've just rebranded to Josie Gamble Designs. Um, and and I set about doing graphics and web design. I've done that for the last 14 years. Um, I work as a freelancer, I work from home. I've worked around having my family. So I have three beautiful daughters who are uh, 30... 10, no, 11 and 7. Oh, they keep getting older. I keep forgetting how old they are. Um, and so I obviously, I've run my business whilst having children um, and I've enjoyed that flexibility. Um, and then um, uh, three, four years ago, I launched the Christian Creative Network and last month I launched Christian Creative Directory. 
That's great. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds like, you know, you, you was always set to be on that creative path. And it's been good that you've been able to do it in both a commercial capacity and also in the church as well. Mm. Uh, in terms of your creative journey so far, so working and starting your own business, how have you been able to see yourself growing your faith through that journey? Wow. Well, um, I've often said to people that in my, I mean, this might not be a very spiritual answer at first, but in, in my 20s, I felt like, so I'm 43, um, but it, I, looking back, I feel like in my 20s, I had to prove myself. In my 30s, I kind of found myself, um, mostly because I had children and you, you come to the end of yourself. <laughs> um, and then in my 40s, I feel like I I don't care what people think. I, I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. More importantly, I know what I'm not good at. And I don't feel like I have to prove myself anymore. I feel like I'm just, I'm flying. I'm doing all the things that I love and all the kind of strands of my life and, and that experience I've kind of pulled together and I'm shaping my own kind of journey, if you like. I, I get to choose the jobs I take with my clients in my design work. I'm forging away, pioneering with the Christian Creative Network and directory. Um, and yet I can see all the strands of, of when I went to Bible college coming to play and all my years of involvement in church leadership and leading youth and, and, and I run a few school projects kind of all on the side and and, and I'm kind of pulling on, you know, all the, the skills as a mother of just juggling and managing other people's lives as you do when you have a family um, and kind of I'm pulling all that together and I feel... Um, I've kind of got this new lease of life, I guess, in my in my forties. When my kids are kind of, when my youngest is still seven, but but there's a lot more freedoms that come when they're no longer um, reliant on you for everything. Um, but I can parallel that again, then, I guess, with my spiritual journey. I, I, there's an element of when I was younger, I felt I had to prove myself spiritually, and you know, I was doing everything at church, and and it was right for the time, and I loved it, and and I forged much of my kind of leadership journeys in in church and being given this privilege to lead teams and, and lead the worship team or lead the youth and um and so I'm at a point where actually my no now is more important than my yes and, and recently I've found myself saying no to lots of different things and I've, I've been asked to be involved with some you know years ago I'd have gone yes yes that's amazing and, and now I'm like it's amazing but I know I'm not called to do that right now because I'm called to to be pioneering this network and this directory. Um, so I guess my my spiritual journey has been one of knowing that God answers prayers, knowing that he wants the best for me, but experiencing that is 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 the journey. Um, I never doubted it, but I've learned to experience that. And um, I don't get as anxious because I think, well, it's in God's hands. Um, I've learned to hold things lightly. Um, I believe God has given me a vision for the network and the directory, um, but I'm not, it's not mine. Um, and that is so freeing and liberating. Whereas the younger me would be like, I'm going to do this for God. It's more like, actually, no, I'm doing this with God. Um, so my kind of, my natural maturity has kind of mirrored my spiritual maturity as well. It's so nice to hear it because I think sometimes that pressure to prove yourself and to do everything so that, you know, you don't miss opportunities can sometimes lead to burnout and sometimes mm. distort that natural vision that was given to you from God. So I think it's just nice to hear that 
you're at that place now where um, you can say no or you can say, actually, is this right? Does this align with what God's actually called me to do either in this season, but in, you know, the entirety of this vision? And I guess like for Christians and also for creatives, sometimes it can be a bit difficult to navigate, you know, the workplace and, you know, you're dealing with clients, you know, can be quite demanding at times. Have you ever experienced any challenges with working with other people or trying to really maybe articulate your vision to your team? Like, have you found yourself in challenging environments? And if so, how have you managed it? Um, yes, and I think anyone who said no would would um, would be in denial. <laughs> I think just dealing with people in general, it, it all comes down to um, relationships. You know, people buy from people. Um, people, it's all about how we communicate. And I think just learning to treat people with love is the key. Um, and so, you know, I might get a, a client who they, they want it yesterday, they want it cheap, and they're not giving me any information. And, I, and you know, I'd, I'd have to kind of, well, okay, I really want to do this for them. So, it, but I've had to learn, actually, no, their deadline is their deadline. And actually, I can try my best to do it, and I always will. But I'm going to have to say, do you know what? If you want quality, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer because you can't get something cheap and quick. Um, it, it just doesn't work. Uh, but I've had to learn that because, um, you know, the, the younger me would be like, yeah, I can do it and I do it really quick and I'll be up to all hours in the morning. And, and actually, I, I'm rushing to do something where really I'm, I've, I've had to learn to kind of just be open and honest and say, well, you can have that, but it is going to take a bit longer. Um, whereas that, I mean, that's a minor it's not even confrontation but that you know I would even shy away from kind of saying that years ago whereas now it, it's about just being real and saying actually well no I can't do that but I could do it this way being vulnerable and honest has opened more doors and created more work for me than me trying to come across as this I can do everything. Again, I think when I, I used to start my work, I, I felt like I hid behind my business and I, I kind of have this sort of business bravado. Um, and if people really saw it, it was just that me and mum sat at home at my desk, they, they wouldn't want to hire me. Um, but actually, I've realised that is my greatest strength. And now I'll sit with a client before lockdown. I'd sit with them on my couch and in my office and, and we'd go through a project and and. And, and I would almost feel like I had to sell myself to them because I was like, oh, they've got to know I'm good enough to do this. Whereas now I'm just, I'm confident in my skills. And I just go, well, do you know what? I know I can do this. But ultimately it comes down to whether we can work together. And if you feel comfortable working with me, let's do this. And, and that's a very different approach to when, again, I think when I was a bit younger. So I think praying through every situation, if, if I find something a bit tough, you know, a client said, actually, I don't want to go uh, do this anymore um, and just think that's fine. Um, so they, they'd come to me at one particular plant I'm thinking of, they, they'd come to me, they wanted me to design a website. And so I'd spent a long time doing the consultation, gave them the quotes. And in the end, they were like, actually, I don't, I don't want to do this now. I've realized that I, I don't need a website. And but that's a lot of my time and energy I've already put into it. And I've just had to go, okay, well, I'll put that down to experience. And I think, you know, nothing is lost. Even if it's a, a bad experience, you learn from it, you grow from it and you kind of stop it from happening the next time because you've learned. So I've just learned to see everything as a positive and that's really helped me 
enjoy what I do is, um, and not be resentful about anything when it does get tough and just pray. Do you know, I pray every morning. I pray, God, would you help me to get done what I need to get done? And then if I get to the end of the day and certain things on my kind of to-do list haven't been done, I could either go, oh, I never got to do that. Or I can go, well, obviously I didn't need to do that. And then I might get a call from a client the next day and says, oh, actually, you don't need to do that now. We, we, we're doing this. And I think, oh, that's great because I actually didn't do it. I would, I didn't tell them this, but but because I prayed and said, God, help me to get done what I need to get done. I didn't stress about this thing that was on my list that actually the next day the clients said they didn't need it anyway. And I just think, you know what? God saved me all that time and energy. And so it's just listening to God in everything I do. Um, and it doesn't mean it's going to be a breeze. It just means God's with you and it's hard. I love that so much. I feel like it's so important for us to recognise that God is very present in the work we're doing um, mm. and he's leading us, he's guiding us through it. Um, and as you mentioned, it's not always going to be a breeze, but he strengthens us for those challenging moments. And it's about really understanding that we've got God with us and we don't have to take on that burden all by ourselves. We can speak to him at various points during the day. We can pray open up to him and allow his presence to, to kind of comfort us in those moments so yeah um and I know sometimes as creatives as entrepreneurs it can be a bit of a challenge to detach yourself from the work and you know not see the work as something that defines your work because you can get quite consumed in the projects you're working on how have you been able to separate you know your identity from what you do um through your business and also through the network and now the directory well, I guess when I when I first started out, pricing my work was very hard, to, you know, and, and valuing what I did. And I, I underpriced massively. And some of that, it was more of refle- a reflection of me and my value and, and what I was bringing to the table. And I've had many discussions with women and I um, it, it tends to be more of a problem or more of a, an issue with women than men. Um, and I might be wrong in this, um, so please correct me if I am. But um I tend to find a, a chat with a lot of women who really struggle to value their work, partly because they just love what they do and they do it for free. You know, money isn't the primary motivating factor. Um, and whereas I think it's slightly different for men. So when when money's not the primary focus, obviously with running business, you have to make money because um, you've got, you know, bags to feed, bills to pay. But I just want to serve people. And I've I've learned that Actually, my job as a designer, what I do with my graphics and web design, is that I'm serving the client. So I'm a service to them. Um, so it's not about whether they, you know, they like my work or not. I mean, they do, but that in the creative process, there's bits about it that they they steer and guide and like, oh, I don't like that bit, but can we include this bit? And oh, I like where this is going. Oh, this is amazing. And and so it's a whole journey that I work with the client through and I have to listen and hear what they're saying and, and interpret that visually for you for them. I have to visually communicate their their brand, their message, their their values um in, in their website, in their you know their marketing communications. But it, it took a while for me to value that. The journey isn't a physical object. You know, a flyer is a physical object a website is a physical object but the journey of the experience of the conversations the values um took me a while to kind of really value you know understand my value in that and so um i I guess i'm just saying that the whole pricing your work and valuing your work has been the journey Um, but then if you work if you do stuff for your church as well like i often i do loads of stuff for free for my church Um, and then one bit of advice i got from someone was um 
you know, do it for free. But what you can do is you can send them an invoice with the value of what it is, but then just total the invoice to zero. And then what that does is you're valuing what you're giving as well. And you're letting the people know what they're getting. And so they can value it so that you're not just, you know, just doing things for free and people don't really understand the value of it. But that more than I did it for me more than them. I did it so that I would know the value of my time that I've been giving. What you've just explained, I mean, the last point you just made, that's such a good way of thinking about it as well. Like it just, it creates a mindset, mindset shift as well. Um, and I think as women, sometimes it can be a struggle to put a value or to really want to charge or increase prices. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, it could be down to confidence. It could be down to just not knowing how to um, price it or the worth that you can attach to it. And I guess over time through experience and also through conversations, you can hear and other people can kind of guide you around what you should, um, what you should be doing. So no, that's, that's really key and and as well like um talking about it helps um we're quite british sometimes and we don't like to talk about these things i i sometimes think oh well i've I've never been in a design agency so i don't know how they charge or why they work things um so i always thought that that was like a bit of an excuse for me and 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 so i kind of work out well i'm doing this many hours so i should charge about this much and then oh I've, i've been charging that per hour for the last few years i probably should charge a bit more i was always a bit more blasé around it but but also i think um, I've learned that actually the, I can charge for the value I bring my client. So if I build a website for a small business, I know they haven't got a lot of money, um, but I, I and so I, I charge accordingly for them. I'll charge you know my hourly rate, but at a you know at a price they can afford. Um, but then I could build a website for a much larger company, and the value it's going to bring them, it might bring them tens of thousands of pounds worth of business. So I can charge them based on the value it's going to bring them. And so I'll charge them a lot more um, because also the, the the kind of liability is more as well. You know, if I I need to be uh, providing them a, a, a website that is going to really portray their value in the marketplace as well. So it, there's lots of things I've learned along the way. And actually, we have these kind of discussions about pricing and valuing um, within the Christian Creative Network. And, and it's amazing. As soon as you start talking about it, you realize everybody has the same kind of quandary. How do you value things? How do you price things? And, and as soon as you start talking about it, it's so freeing and liberating because you're like, oh, it's not just me. Uh, and I think particularly as a sole trader, as someone who, you know, I work for myself, I'm not privy to corporate conversations about price and value. So having these conversations with lots of other sole traders or freelancers or entrepreneurs, it's really, really helpful um, just to kind of, yeah, help you understand value and worth. I definitely agree. I think community is so key and I think it'll be a good, be a good thing that, that, you know, wherever you are on your journey, that you have yourself surrounded by people that are like-minded, people that are on a similar path. Mm. So you can bounce of ideas, you can be encouraged um, and you don't feel so isolated um, in terms of how you are, how you're doing personally, professionally um, and spiritually as well. So tell us about what inspired you to even start the, the network. So the Christian Creative Network started, um, I lose track three or four years ago. So I got to the point where all my children were out of, um, well, they were in full-time preschool or education. So I got to the point where I 
as a mum and my capacity levels, I felt like I wasn't any less busy, but I had a bit more capacity. And I just had this sense that I needed to kind of be networking, getting out there. But um, And God led me to this network called Networking Mummies. And I kind of felt, you know, that's about my level. And it was women, mums who work from home. And so I joined this network and we would have a monthly meet. Um, and I was in this network for about three years. And I was genuinely surprised how much I benefited from it how much I grew and actually how my business grew as well because we would trade with each other and it wasn't a Christian thing and it wasn't all designers in fact there were hardly I don't think there were any designers it was all different types of business but what it was it was we were all women and we were all uh, running our own business and that like-mindedness that connection was just brilliant and really I just I was in this network and I just felt we need something like this for Christian creatives um, and that was the kind of birthing right there of the Christian Creative Network. I worked with the the um, uh, the founder of the the business network and um, and then I kind of took this business networking model and I brought it into the church. And Christian Creative uh, Network has, we now have eight branches in the UK and um, we're a national network made up of local branches and we champion creativity in the church. <laughs> that's amazing I think having a network and being connected to other creatives is it's so key in the journey and what would you say is the importance of creativity in the in the church in the body well that's such a good question because people you know people say well why did you do this so the, the why if I if I backtrack a bit I believe there was a time when the church was leading the way with creativity, with architecture, stained glass, fine art, sculpture, hymn. Um, but in the 16th century, in the Reformation, when the, the church essentially went back to basics, um, the, a lot of the value for those creative expressions seemed to be lost. And I would say since that time, we've kind of been playing catch up with the world where, um, you know, we look to the world for these creative pioneering um excellence and um but we're in a poignant moment in time where this gap is now so prominent that actually what bridges that gap is the creative communication of the gospel so it's uh, i think it's been highlighted during lockdown you know we've had to communicate to the world in a very different way rather than come to me come to us on a sunday morning or come to our building we've had to go to the world and people have turned to creatives to do that and i truly believe that we are in a renaissance of creativity in the church um or you could simply put it as a new era of creativity um, and i believe that creativity is one of the most influential tools that the church has today uh, but i believe it's it's quite an unutilized um tool i think there, there are pockets of the body of christ that have engaged with it and do it really well but on the whole um i believe that the creative culture of the church in the uk um could be a lot stronger than it is so so that kind of is, is why i believe championing creativity is needed in the church and so we are going to those creatives and saying you are so your your creativity is so important to the church um do you know a few years ago i i was added to this facebook group it's called ilsa stones um it's good. i just um in, indulge me a little as i i embellish on this story but the, the, the facebook group was called in Ilsa Stones. Now, Ilsa was this terminally ill child with childhood cancer. Um, and so they were raising awareness for childhood cancer. And they were doing it through this very 
um, simple methods. And if you're a mum and you've got children, you may have come across this, but it's basically getting little stones about the size of your palm and, and painting pictures on them. And then on the back, you'd maybe hashtag whatever Facebook group it was. And there's lots of these things all over the country. And it kind of picked up and, you know, you'd go to a, a park and, oh, there's a stone. And, and then you post it on the Facebook group and then you rehide it. Now, this, they'd use this concept to, to promote um, Ilsa stones and this childhood cancer. Um, but the reason I'm telling you this is because I was joined to this Facebook group and I, in the space of about three months, I saw this Facebook group go from a couple of hundred people to like 60,000 people. These stones went to the deep sea um, Antarctic expeditions. So they've been to the bottom of the sea. They've been to Disneyland. They've been, people take them all over on holiday. and They've been all around the world to the point where someone took it to a Thompson's Holiday Club. Thompson's loved the idea and rolled it out throughout all their holiday clubs globally. And it just skyrocketed. And what it showed me was that a simple creative expression of painting these stones attached to a cause which was the childhood cancer is a powerful weapon it's it's almost unstoppable you couldn't pay for marketing like that and we've got the most important cause in the world we've got the gospel of Jesus Christ and with this simple creative tool that is a powerful weapon um, and it's like a superpower so that that kind of just for me um, you know, we've got a little catchphrase, creativity is my superpower, and I truly believe it is, um, but not just for creativity's sake, but for, you know, coupled with the gospel, I believe, as I said earlier, that creativity is one of the most influential tools available to the church right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I feel like creativity is a way that we can really engage communities and engage the world at large. Um, mm. Like you mentioned with lockdown and everything going online, I think um, it just really pushed people to think, okay, how can we stay relevant? How can we stay at the fore? How can we ensure that we're still getting the gospel out there in a way that, you know, aligns with what's happening around us at this time? And I think just being creative, but also being confident in your creativity as well to actually put it out there is so key. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about the story of Peter and, you know, when Jesus was asking him to step out of the boat. And sometimes it can be so daunting, you know, to step out of your comfort zone, to put your work out there. And I know there's so and people that might feel like, okay, I want to start something creative. I want to launch my business. I want to put myself out there. What would you say to someone that's struggling with that confidence of what is ahead of me if I step out of my familiar zone, my comfort zone, um, and actually start or follow that calling um, that God has for me? You're never ready to start a business. You just have to start. Um, in fact, just having the idea is, is good enough because you're never going to have all the answers when you start. You get the answers as you go through it. Um, you know, you can prepare, do all your due diligence, research, get everything as ready as you can, but you're never going to know until you test it in the marketplace anyway. So a friend of mine who runs, um, uh, the, you know, a really big online selling platform for Christian designers, um, I've used her as a sounding board before because she, she's a phenomenal Christian entrepreneur. Um, and I, she said, what's the worst that could happen? And do you know what? As unspiritual as that is, it's kind of, that is, you know, what is the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. Well, that's okay. But what What if it does work? How many people are going to be supported, encouraged and affected um, and blessed by the Christian Creative Network? How many people are going to be connected with jobs and opportunities through the Christian Creative Directory? Think, well, okay, well, and, and start to ask those questions of, well, what, what if? 
what if in the positive way not what if it all goes wrong um and there will always be you know thoughts and doubts and fears and worries but that's where the bible says cast your burdens unto me so you give that to god and there are reality you know things might not work out things might not go the way you thought but what happens is other doors open which you never would have opened had you not stepped out in the first place so nothing ever starts ends where it starts that just the nature of business it evolves it, it diversifies you know it's supply and demand you, you you start doing one thing um you know i actually started with in my business with doing graphic design um but actually everyone kept asking me to do websites and then a god connection came up where an amazing christian designer said well look i will give you two days of my time i'll train you how to do websites and that that transformed my business but had i not already been running a design business doing graphics just with the skill i had i wouldn't have had the opportunity in the opening to then learn to do websites which is now what i do primarily and and that's what i love and so you 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 just have to take that first step and know that god will provide it's hard work nothing's given to you on a plate but you sow the seed and god waters it and all we're called to do is sow that seed. In all my years of running my business, I have never not had work. And, and there have been ebbs and flows with having babies and not having babies. And do you know what? When I was pregnant and didn't have much capacity, I had the right amount of work that I needed. When, my, um, when I had more capacity, more work would come in. And it's, it, it, it's just, it is a miracle. Um, God has just managed my workflow. Um, and and it, it, it it's hard work but equally if you're doing it with God it's such an, an exciting adventure yeah it definitely is an adventure and I think that's the joy of it you know you're not supposed to know every step ahead because sometimes when we feel like we've got it all figured out it's almost as though we don't need God so you know there will be moments where you know you feel like actually where do I turn what do I need like who do I turn to and it's in those moments that you grow closer to God and you can actually say, yes, you know, I can see how much God is with me in this, in this situation. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's just encouraging to anyone like what you've just mentioned that you're not going to have it all figured out, but yeah. what is the worst that can happen? And do you know what, you know, um, just having launched the Christian creative directory. So I, um, it's been a, a a dream of mine since I launched the network it was always the the intention was to have a directory but it took five years um so you know some things are for the now some things are for further down the line but that five-year journey was kind of talking about it and then I found out about this Christian entrepreneur program um called the Lions and I applied to go on that and I was accepted and they take 15 entrepreneurs every year they do a program you go away six weekends over the course of a year and then at the end you pitch an idea um, it's a bit like the Dragon's Den, except they call it the Lion's Lair. And that's how I pitched to them the idea of the Christian Creative Directory. And I won seed funding to build this directory. So I, I had to carry this, this vision of this directory for a long time. And then God opened the opportunity for it to be funded. And then then COVID hit. So it was meant to launch last year, but it, it was a bit, bit delayed. Um, but it took 18 months to then build and develop. And it evolved so much in that process. But then there's always, well, what if it's it's a failure? Or what if it's a success? You know, um, that could be a fear as well. Or what if it's it, it, somebody else comes along and has the same idea and does it before me? Or what if someone does it better than me? Or, or what if I do it and no one signs up to it? And what if so what? And, and there's all of these kind of worries. Or what? 
have I got the capacity to run this and my business? And and, and what if um, it just it gets hacked? Or what if somebody, you know, all just, there are so many what ifs in life. Um, but it all comes down to, well, it, you remind yourself of what God has done. You know, God opened the door for this um, uh, for this entrepreneur program that was on. God gave me the money to build it. God, you know, you can choose which thoughts you listen to and which thoughts you just kind of go, okay, but you're not going to stay, and you let them go and you don't entertain them. Um, whose report are you going to believe? You know, when the the scouts went out and they came back and reported the land was full of giants, um, or the others, the, I forget the names, and one of them came back and he said it's a land full of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't talk about the giants, and so it, it, we get to choose what we see. And I choose to see uh, a God who provides, a God who's invested with me, um, and a God who is just delights in what I delight in, um, and that is the way I choose to see things but ultimately I I know that my foundation is is in God and I have to remind myself of his word I love it Um, and yeah I think just being grounded and like you said reminding yourself of you know how big God is and the fact is if he's given you that desire or if he stirs something up in your heart um, he's going to be with you along that journey Um, and just understanding and recognizing that what you set your mind to and what you set your heart to you know that's where you know you should focus your energy not on the negatives not on the what ifs um and yeah just stay connected to god and allow your faith to grow um bigger than your fears because there will be obstacles there will be doubts um but like you said we get to choose what thoughts we want to entertain so that's so crucial and i know also even as creative sometimes um and I think a lot of people have been speaking about it recently, you know, there's fatigue and there's burnout. What would you say has helped you to maintain like a steady rhythm to the way you work, the way you live? Yeah, I definitely haven't got it all right. And some some days and weeks are better than others. And, you know, having children, then you can't control them. You just have to nurture them. So there are a lot of things that are out of my control. Um, and when clients want work and um, when, you, you know, you can have busy times or not busy times but I think in all of that it's more about how you are in those situations so that you know the the stressful turbulent times come it's praying making just simple things as well making sure I eat breakfast and eat at regular times making sure I'm drinking enough Um, I've started cycling with the girls to school in the mornings now and, and I've noticed that just physically that little bit of exercise is really helping because I I struggle to get to a gym because I just I can't justify going during the day because I only work nine until three and and that isn't long enough anyway. I struggle to go in the evenings because of kids' clubs and and weekends are just busy with church and clubs and so I've never had a regular gym slot. But now I'm realising, oh, do you know, cycling is brilliant. I can just it's part of my natural day. So it's just a bit like a jar when you get if if you try and fill it with sand you can't really fit much else in. But if you get the big things in place, you get your stones in first, that big, big stones, and then you can get more little stones can pour in and fill around the big ones. And then you can pour sand in and it fills around everything else. And then you can even fill water in all of that. And I think it's more about if you know what the important things in your life are, if you know what those big stones are, so family, health, prayer, you know, if you put those things in place, then you can find you've got the capacity for all the other little things and then all the other bits. And then you you can you can get it all done because you've got your priorities right. 
And so that kind of picture has helped me um, when I view my life and just realise that, you know, I need to just decide what the important things are and make sure those are done first and then everything else follows. Yeah, I think that's so key, like, you know, having the priorities in place and, yeah, really being very, you know, determined to ensure that you keep to those priorities as well. I think that's so crucial um, because sometimes, you know, work can get on top and try and take over and consume a lot of our time. So, yeah, I think that's so key. And I guess the last question I was going to ask is what brings you the most joy about, you know, the work you're doing and the impact that you're seeing through the work you're doing? So I think any business that exists, exists to fill a need. So a business does make money, but it, it, it works because people need it. So it's filling that need. And so with my design business, the need of a business to communicate what they believe in so passionately um, and being able to do that for someone is the most rewarding thing. You know, when they I show them a design for the first time or a website and they're like, wow uh, you know especially a startup they they they're starting up and and then they see this website and they're like oh, I'm a real business now and, and they feel like they're a real thing and you're like yay um and then I guess with the network just seeing people come alive with their creativity and realizing that actually what they've got and and talking with other people and, and journeying it, it it just seeing people grow um and then with the directory I guess um just connecting Christian creatives with jobs and opportunities. So the, the directory, people get to list on there. So this for me is my biggest joy at the moment. But just seeing people um meeting their needs, that is one of the, the biggest joys. I think it's so key, like when you're starting a business or starting a venture or anything that you know you take that time out to really uncover the mission behind it and what is God saying to you where is he calling you to go and it's so evident that you know you've got that clarity and the beauty is that like you mentioned it was something that you know you you had from about five years ago and now you're seeing it at work and that passion is just growing and growing so it's so encouraging to hear that sometimes even if you can't get on board with you know the vision straight away you can't start working on it what is preparing you behind the scenes and you know when you step into it that passion he will just continue to stir it up like we can hear as you're speaking he will continue to stir it up um and he has called all of us specifically for a need um to fill a gap um and yeah I just want to thank you JC for sharing your experiences and you know even starting the network um and the directory I think it's an amazing thing I'm so excited to see the growth of it and yeah thanks again for joining us on today's podcast oh thank you so much for having me I really appreciate it thank you for listening to the Esquire podcast If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe as it allows other entrepreneurial women like yourself to find the show. If you would like to find out more about Ascribe, visit us at ascribeculture.com. Enjoy the rest of your day and take care.